Hey, I'm Rachel, and welcome to Black Glass. This podcast is my love letter to blackness and fashion. On this first episode, we hear from Hannah, who found herself in the right room at the right time. Here's Hannah. I moved to New York City um, after college. I am a single mom. I'm originally from Cleveland, Ohio, but I went to school in Cincinnati, Ohio. So I decided to take myself, my apartment, packed up my apartment, and I moved to New York. I let my daughter stay with my mother in Cleveland, and I moved with my best friend, and I stayed with her. And so every two weeks, I would catch the bus home to Ohio from New York. It was about a nine, 10 hour bus ride to see my daughter on the weekends. So during the week, I was job hunting, apartment hunting. And on the weekends, I would go see my daughter. This happened for six months because for some reason, I couldn't get a job for six months. And I know a lot of people would have probably given up after one month or two months in New York because it's extremely expensive. But I knew I had a purpose there and I knew it was something that God was doing. I wasn't 19, I wasn't 18, fresh out of high school, chasing my dreams. I had mid-20s four years away from 30. So I had to make some real decisions. Fast forward, um, I finally got a job. And I mean, at this point, six months goes past. My pride absolutely had to leave. And so I started looking at retail jobs. I know I moved to New York City for fashion and I was going to all the luxury fashion houses, trying to even intern. Uh, I really wanted to intern at Diane von Fustenberg they weren't hiring and I didn't have any experience. So I said, let me take a step back and let me humble myself. So I went to Abercrombie and Fit and Fitch on Fifth Avenue, the flagship store. I had a degree, so I applied as a manager in training and I didn't get that. And that would have required full time and I would have needed, I mean, it was just, then I saw all the cashiers. And so I asked the person who interviewed me, I said, well, how hard is it to just get a job as a cashier? And she said, not at all. So I got the job as a cashier and that was really a blessing, even though I was only making $9 an hour at 26 years old with a three-year-old. So at this point I just needed money. So I accepted the job and all they were hiring for were on call. So if someone called out, they'll call you. But once I got in there, then, you know, you have to hustle. So I started going around asking, now this is the flagship store. So it's over 500 uh, cashiers alone. I started asking everybody that I worked with, do you want to work tomorrow? You want to switch shifts? And I started picking up shifts like that. The minute I even had enough money. I just rented a room out of someone's house and I went and got my daughter and I moved us into that room. I worked at Abercrombie and Fitch for probably eight months. It was this one cashier there. His name is JP. We became friends. We were folding shirts in the same zone upstairs. And you know, everybody knows if you're in New York City and you're from somewhere else, you came for a reason. So he's like, what do you want to do? What did you come to New York for? And I tell them, and he said, oh, Fashion Week is coming up. You got to come with me. And I was like, you go to Fashion Week? You, do you work in fashion? And he said, no, I just go to Fashion Week 
for the drinks. It's always free food, free drinks, the party, the celebrities. I just go to party. But me, like, I knew I would go and make the most out of the experience and network and get it, you know, meet somebody to get a job. So I was like, absolutely, I'll go with you. We go. And I, didn't, I mean, I thought he had tickets. I thought, you know, I thought this man was legit. We go the first, it was a first day of September Fashion Week. We go down there to Lincoln Center where it used to be held. He had these codes on his phone and they were like electronic codes and you would scan it once you got inside the tent and you can go into your show. To this day, I have no idea where he got these barcodes from, but the barcodes weren't his. So I don't know how he got a hold of these things, but he was using them mainly just to sneak in. But it was fine by me, I didn't even care. So he would forward me the code too. We would show it at the door. We would get in the reception area, the lobby of New York Fashion Week. And in the lobby is where it all goes down because everyone's walking to the shows. They got to pass through the lobby. So you literally saw like anyone who was a celebrity who went to a show, you saw them in the lobby. And in the lobby is where all the sponsors had the free food and the free drinks and all the bloggers. We're in the blogger area blogging about the shows and taking a break and just resting their feet and all the guests were sitting down on the comfy couches and taking their heels off and everyone was networking and taking pictures and meeting and that is how I am where I am today. If I would have got an internship or started working where I wanted to work, no one would have helped me break into the New York City fashion week scene. They're just not that generous and everybody, most people in fashion are it's, it's cutthroat they are not going to help put you on because they're afraid you're going to take something that belongs to them or you're going to take an opportunity that could have went to them i never dreamed of making connections at abercrombie and fitch as a cashier only making nine dollars an hour like the least glamorous job and i had a degree but i was at abercrombie and fitch and that's where i got my blessing and that's where i got my access in a low place my family and friends from college and my loved ones, when I told them I was working at Abercrombie & Fitch, they laughed. It was, oh, that's not high fashion. And, you know, they were looking at what it looked like now. They had no idea what I was doing because I had a whole plan. I'm just going to go down really quickly how I progressed from Abercrombie & Fitch to where I am today. I also got an internship with the fashion show production company. I really wanted to work backstage, behind the scenes during fashion week. My internship was like 100 feet around the corner from Abercrombie & Fitch. They were so supportive that they even allowed me to bring my daughter because they knew I didn't have money for daycare. So the lady, her name is Audrey Smots, and she has a company called The Ground Crew. And she is a black former supermodel who founded her own business 35 years ago. She was really smart, invested her money, bought a, a penthouse in Midtown with the rooftop view in off of Fifth Avenue. And to the price value today is like millions. But she was smart and she bought this while she was young. And so I was her office intern. So while I was at work filing papers, sending emails, running errands, whatever she needed, she watched my daughter. I was with Audrey and Abercrombie around the same time, almost a year. And I worked backstage with Audrey. I dressed 
all of the models for the show. So I was at the Michael Kors show. I dressed all the models. The first time I dressed a model at Fashion Week, it was my favorite model, Jordan Dunn. She was a single mom as well. We were around the same age. She had a son and she was still modeling and living her dream. I show up to Fashion Week, I go backstage, I'm in my all black, and they assign me to my model and they're like, okay, go to your rack. You have Jordan, so I'm looking. They just said her first name. And then I see Jor it's Jordan Dunn. And I'm like, wait, the Jordan Dunn? No, 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 it can't be. So then all, they call first looks, which means all the models getting your first look for the show. So all the models come, they rush out of hair and makeup, coming towards their rack, and it was Jordan Dunn. So, but that was, that, I mean, that was the first time I experienced New York City Fashion Week behind the scenes. After Abercrombie & Fitch and after my internship ended, I went and interview at Alexander McQueen. So I had a really great interview. We hit it off and she said, would you mind if I keep your resume? I have a lot of friends in the fashion industry and they're always looking for people. You're a great candidate. Would you mind if I pass it along? I said, not at all. And I get a call a month later from a luxury brand. It's called Gurkha. So I was there from when they newly renovated the store to when the doors opened and I stayed with them for about three years. And I went on to Pink Tartan. I was the corporate brand ambassador. So my job was to maintain the brands on the East Coast. And so when we had a new collection, I would train the associates who worked at Saks. I stayed there for about a year. I took uh, probably about seven months off because I have a nonprofit. I went back to Gurkha at a new level, new price, like new pay rate very comfortable. They worked with my schedule. And after Gurkha, I went to Lanvin and I'm finally styling. And I was the only uh, black person on the floor. I built up my clientele and I had already started getting into production, not just fashion show production, but like live TV. I'm saying all this to say I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for me getting off that high horse that a lot of us are on and don't let your ego block your blessing and don't let opinions of other people block your blessing. I was just low enough to be in the room with everyone else on a higher level. And so it's really about what rooms are you in and who do you see in those rooms? And so I'm always, now it's a new normal for me to always be in a room with Jay-Z or a Beyonce or a Adele or Bruno Mars. Yeah, now I've attended every Kanye show. I was, and I'm walking around backstage standing next to Jay-Z with MC Hammer on the other side of me, 2 chains in front of me, Big Sean on the other side of me, and Kylie, uh, what's Jenner? on the opposite wall having people take selfies of her and I don't take it for granted that I'm always around people who some people will only see on TV. I do recognize it as greatness in my own right. I, I must be great if I'm constantly in the same room with these people. I started off at Amber Crombie and Fitch. Go after your dreams. Get up. That means leaving where you are, being uncomfortable and risking it all. You only live once, so it's not like you get to do this again. Get up and prove, prove me wrong if you don't believe me. 
Go after your dreams and put everything on the line and chase them. And I guarantee you they will come true. Thank you so much, Hannah, for answering a cold email and participating in this podcast. Please check out Hannah's nonprofit company, Fashion for All Foundation, which is co-founded by Ali of Noble Savage. Just this past Tuesday, the two kicked off New York Fashion Week with a panel discussion titled Race, Politics, and Diversity in the Fashion Industry. Thank you again, Hannah. And thank you for listening. Black Glass is supported by the Magenta Mantra and can be heard anywhere you get your podcasts. Until next time.